You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 321. You're listening to Tech Tech Fan. Oh, they go crazy, Owen. Oh, hello, yay. Hi there. It's like, <laughs> like the beginning of the Beatles getting to the U.S. They just... <sighs> women start crying. Totally different reason, though. Like, oh, my husband's listening to this crap again. Oh, God, these guys are back. Uh, I think that'd be a rule. I'm looking at a a tech purge. Tech purge? Yeah, I'm looking to get, start getting rid of some of the, the stuff that I never use. And I just thinking about that because you said you found something in a drawer and you're like, where did I get this and what is it for? It's, um, oh my God, I can't even, where are my glasses? It, so it's, it's a thing called, it's from Griffin. Okay. Griffin technology. Oh, I know what that you're talking about. Yeah. It's a little round stainless steel. Yeah. Knob. Knob with a blue led underneath. Mm -hmm. And it was in the drawer and I was like, well, okay, why do I have this? And what does it do? I don't ever remember getting it. Okay, I just have it. It's, it was in my one of my drawers that, like you, I was cleaning out. So I plugged it in, and I, I, okay, I plugged it into my Mac that's on running Windows right now, and it goes doo doo, and it lights up blue. I was like, okay, that's cool. What does it do? And I twisted it, and it adjusts the volume. Yep, that's what it does. Yeah, it was like, why do I have this? It's cool. It is cool. I mean, it looks it looks cool. It's it's much better than doing this. I don't know if you can hear that sound, right? No. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, it doesn't do that. It just adjusts. The, the volume just changes. So, uh, But I did the purge, what you're talking about, right? You know, I sold all my all my prototypes off to Alex's Orchard. Yep. Um, and I'm hoping they are enjoying all that. You know, they, I know they listen. Hi, guys. Um, and uh, and But there's this weird, there's this weird property of stuff. That when you get rid of stuff, things ooze into the holes. <laughs> yes, I don't know how that happens. It happens here all the time. So I'm looking back behind me now where those things were, and there's my my oscilloscope is out there, and my RAID drive seemed to have moved. You to got that to talk shelf. into the mic though. Oh, sorry, I'm facing the wrong way. Yes, uh, I just was looking back behind me, and the and um, I was like, my RAID drives have appeared on that shelf now, and my scope is up there now, and there's something with red blinking LEDs on it. My issue is I'll find a cord, and it's almost always like a mini USB cord. I'm like, what? What was this for? <laughs> or a micro one? I'm like, I don't. Do you have drawers of them? I, I have three big drawers right next to my uh, my desk here, underneath my yeah. desk technically, and it's they just both collect crap. Like yeah, I've got, yeah. I got, I got to purge some of the stuff. I've got a security system that I got for review. And I can never get it working right. It was just, it's this buggy. It's got the worst interface I've ever dealt with on the uh, DVR end. Um, and But see, uh, the cameras are all powered over Ethernet. That's cool. Well, but I couldn't, yeah, I have to run the wire. But I only ever hooked up like two of the cameras, maybe three. I can never get it working right. And I'm going to get rid of the whole system. I'll just sell it or something. But I've got four I think four or five of these like a hundred foot USB or uh, ethernet cables bundled 
They're all wrapped and, and those are stuffed in a drawer. It's taking so much space. And I just I gotta I gotta get rid of stuff. I just I, if I it's stuff I'm not stuff. using and it's something that I haven't <clears throat> used in a long time, nor can I see myself using it within the next year, I'm just gonna start getting rid of stuff. So so in a funny story of that, uh, we had the Atari 45th reunion. Basically, a bunch of people from Atari got together at a park in San Jose. Was it last week or the week before? The real Atari, not the, the company the that Atari. owns the so, brand I mean, now. I, I, and I went down there with my friend Al Alcorn, who um, was one of the founders of Atari. And I, we got out of the car and went, who are all these old people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But what, when I was at Atari and when I was at Apple... For some reason, a drawer would always collect cables. Yeah. I mean, I remember at Apple, and both Apple Atari, I had the bottom of my file cabinet, which is those lateral file cabinets, was stuffed with cables. Now, I don't remember getting the cables and then not using them. They just seemed – and so that's my office right here. The bottom drawer is just stuffed with cables. But so what I was going to say is, so I went to this Atari reunion, and this guy was there who's doing a movie about Nolan Bushnell. And he said, do you have any old videos and stuff? And I said, well, I have this movie Day at Atari we did as a joke way back when. And he said, oh, bring it. So I went and found it. And it was in Umatic. Okay, that tells you how old it is. If mm-hmm. people don't know what Umatic is, it was the precursor to Beta. Right. Um, it was Beta is the smaller version of Umatic, oversimplified. But um, I said, well, I, I just pull out my old Umatic playback deck that I kept stuffed in the garage and then realized when I went to that, oh, I gave it away about three years ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> I never, ever used it. So it's like, and that's this weird fear in the back of my head that as soon as I give something away, in this case it was three years later, but that, oh, I want to use it. Do you get that? Mm, yeah, sometimes with my um, with my video game stuff. Yeah. Um, there's been a few times that I'm like, oh, I've got a controller for this, but... Within the last year and a half, two years, I actually organized most, not all, most of my video game stuff. I okay. still got a couple tubs in the basement with some stuff in that I need to go through. Uh, like, I, I want to put my TRS-80 somewhere. Um, and I actually have a place now. But I miss, I miss, That was a cool machine. It was. Oh, Did I ever tell you about the, how I got mine? Hold the thought, finish your other one, and we'll go. And I want to hear that. Uh, I don't even know where my thought was. What was I talking about? about? Tubs, tubs in the basement. Oh, well, just that I have, you, you know. You never seem to have fine to go, time yeah, to go. But yeah, but I organize that stuff. But the computer stuff, nah, it's all kind of gone. I, I it's, I never come across something that I have, oh, I wish I still had this. I, I don't. My old Apple II GS is in the garage, and I haven't probably powered it on God, five years. I just need to pack it up and give it away or sell it. Does anybody want an Apple II GS? Mm, I bet there's someone listening that will. Yeah, email email us. Yeah, the us. show at dot com. I'll get it to Owen and and I will figure out how you know you may have to pay for postage. It's not light. No, but, no, it's not. Well, that's what PayPal's for. It may be part prototype because you know I worked on the GS, so um, like my Max. If I have to find it, I'm sure it's up in the garage. Before I offer it away, I have to go see where in in the many hundreds of boxes in the uh, garage they are. But might as well. And then I found on the other day online, someone I I have I have my I used to love Popular Electronics magazine, I used to love that magazine talking about tech, and I have like all of them in the garage, almost all of them, 
And my wife keeps saying, well, you get those out of the garage. It says there's boxes of them up there. And I found them all online the other day. I don't remember the website. I have it on my Mac somewhere. But someone has, has scanned them all and put them online. So those boxes will be going soon. Anybody want old magazines? That's Somebody else maybe have a thing that they really want to collect them. Huh. Welcome to the tech fan flea market. <laughs> well, this is kind of funny. Um, so, okay, wait a minute. You're at your Trash 80. Yeah, so the Trash 80. So... Chad Perry, the original host with me on the MyMac podcast. I remember Chad. Um, while we were doing the like, very early days of, uh, of the MyMac stuff, <laughs> we decided... You remember American Chopper? Yes. We were both kind of inspired... I thought about that show for a while, yeah. yeah. We were both kind of inspired by that show, so we thought... Let's let's take an old piece of equipment and like modernize it or something. So the idea was, and you probably remember this one because you were around at the time. We took right. an Atari twenty six hundred. Oh yes, and we turned it into a Macintosh. That's right. I do remember that. I wanted to do that myself. I thought that that was such a cool idea. We, I mean, it was. It couldn't have come out worse. I mean, I actually still have it, <laughs> but I, I mean, it was it was it so hacky. It, it works, yeah, but it's it's so hacky. It's so bad. But we recorded it. We made four episodes. We called it, uh, the. that was going to be the first one. So the show was going to be called Mac Mod, and it was going to be part of MyMac.com. And then the first build was the iAtari Mac. So if you actually Google iAtari Mac, one word, you will find the show. In fact, uh, the Internet Archive, archive.org, has it. So... It's literally archive.org slash detail slash mymac dash macmod. But if you just Google it, you'll find it. And they've got all four it's episodes. It's the first hit on, on Googling it. Oh, there it is. Look at that. And they've got all four episodes up there with the video. We even had this really hacky uh, intro. It was so bad. The first episode was uh, eight minutes and 59 seconds. <laughs> Was that your intro? Yeah. Oh, you should listen to it because we actually, it was so bad that we made fun of it. And we had Chris Siebel do a Siebel voiceover. Voiceover. Yeah. And he kind of makes I fun of it. it. I won't do it now. That, you know, oh, go ahead. Because I can hear and so can the listeners. Go ahead. Play it. We can hear it. That's fine. Are you there? Uh-oh. So... Yeah, I, I know. I know you're listening to it. We can't hear it on our end, though. Oh, you can't. Oh, it, no. really? The mic is right next to the speaker. I no. guess Skype is smart enough not to let it go backwards. That's impressive. I didn't know it did that. Yeah, I didn't think it would. Do that. But Chris Siebold makes fun of our intro. I don't blame him. I just listened to that Atari twenty six hundred. It saved quarters. <laughs> well, no. When Chad and I come walking down these steps, oh, I haven't got that. Far. Oh, it's so fun. He he makes fun of that too. And I told him to, you know, I said, dude, just tear it up. It's, it's so bad. It's well, I like the fuzzy, I like the fuzzy old black and white kind of, you know, movie filter you threw on there and it's jumping around and the frame skip and right. That was <laughs> it's a... kind of, someone had too much fun with, uh, with, with iMovie with iMovie and a couple of different plugins Yeah, from G3. Wow. And, uh, it was fun. I mean, we had a good time doing it. So. Back to why I bring this up. So we did this show. 
if you will. <laughs> you got I'm to the. Sorry. I got to the stairs. <laughs> I got to turn it off because this is gonna. <laughs> and, okay, and Tim, bless you. You're lighting a cigarette. That is so you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You gotta light that cigarette before you come down those stairs. That's right. Yep. <laughs> it had to look cool. I'm sorry. You guys need to watch it. Please log it's, on. And watch it's it's so bad, and it's you know that's what twelve, thirteen years ago. I mean, it was a long time ago. <laughs> Excuse me. And so we had a good time making the show. Chad and I had a good time, and we it was what it was. And, I, and 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 look, we put it out there. We let people see it. It was so bad that we were like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and put it out there. They're not very long. They're like uh, they total about an hour. All four of them total an hour. Right. Eight, eight, 18, 11, and twenty one. So they're not that long. No, you can watch the whole thing and get a good laugh out of it. I'm going. I'm leaving this window open because I'm going to watch this. It's got four thousand three hundred fifty-five views on on the archive. Yeah, it does. That's hilarious. Do, do they allow comments? I was going to say no. Uh, there's no reviews. reviews. Yeah, there's ad review. Yeah, there are no reviews yet. Well, yeah, who would want to review that? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I will write a review. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. But anyways. So we do this show, we put it out there, and we think it's going to be kind of a, a, a big thing, and I host the videos on my own server. Okay. And a couple of people watch. It wasn't a big thing. And then, for whatever reason, uh, what's that uh, really geeky website? Um, Are you talking Geek and Sundry? Or you, no, uh, back in the day. Oh, I don't remember what was the, the geekiest. Uh, it's all, it was all like command line. Boy, I can't. You're not talking. You're not talking about the Nerdist or one of those, right? Uh, no, I mean like hardcore geeky website. I don't recall. Yeah, I cannot. I think mean, Byte magazine. Byte magazine had a really geeky website, and um, no, this was like if they if they linked to you, they would bring down websites. Oh, really? I don't. I okay. I can't remember the name of it'll, it. Now. It'll come to you. It will. So they link to it on their main page. And <laughs> literally a couple million people came and downloaded the video and it just eventually killed the website. I mean, <laughs> it was so, but you remember this was pre YouTube. So there was no place to right. go and watch videos. What year do we think we're talking about? 2005, maybe okay. six at just the latest. So it, it was over a decade ago. That's funny. I asked. I was looking for top geeky sites, and geekiest show ever came up. Did it really? Yeah, that's funny. Came up second in the hit in the hit list. That's funny because I own that. <laughs> I know you do. That's why I was. That's why I was laughing at that. It's like, um, <laughs> so we do the show. We we put it out there. It's right on the tip of my tongue. That website. We get a lot of people watching it. I got a lot of feedback, and it was all pretty much positive, which surprised me because it's it's so bad. Well, one guy watches it, likes it so much, he says, hey, why don't you do a TRS-80? And I ah, said, I'd, okay. I'd love to do a TRS-80. I don't have one, though. He goes, well, what's your address? So I give him my address. And I'm thinking, all right, this guy's got like some like old beat-up TRS-80 he's willing to let go. Oh, no. I get a box in the UPS <laughs> maybe two weeks later. And I completely forgot about this, to be honest. And here's this box. I'm like, oh, what is this? So I open it up, and it's a brand new, still in the wrapper, still styrofoam, in the box, TRS-80. 
Sweet. I could not bring myself to destroy to that. It. Oh yeah, no, I opened know. it, but oh, I couldn't. I couldn't destroy it. Can't tear it apart. Yeah, because no. that was a cool machine. I mean, mm-hmm. it still is a cool machine for the time. I, I actually, I so I emailed the guy. I was like, dude, I, I, I can't do it with this. I was thinking you were sending some old crusty one that I wouldn't care about destroying. Or the but, pieces of one, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or just a shell, even you know, because I'm going to gut it. But I, I, I looked at this. I'm like, I can't destroy. This is a brand new TRS-80, man. I can't. That's blasphemy. You can't you can't destroy that. And he was like, yeah, that's cool. You can keep it, though. I've got a few. I don't know who's got a few brand new TRS-80 still in the box, but... Someone who collects them and then found them in their garage and wanted to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've got a lot of stuff. Uh, and I do have that TRS-80. That's something I will keep. Uh, I do have the iAtari Mac in a box downstairs. I'll keep that for... I don't know why... Well, you know, today it would be so much easier, right? Because you could take an old laptop. The boards are so small, they would so easily fit inside the Atari. I mean, what Mac did you use when you put it, pulled it apart? A dual USB MacBook. Oh, so, okay. So you did take a small. It is, but we had, well, what we wanted to do is we wanted to be able to enclose it all so it just looks like an Atari. Right. right. We wanted to have access to the ports, but one of the things that we absolutely wanted to do was have the power switch work on the Atari. <laughs> and it does. We wired it up and soldered it in. So when you hit that button, it powers up the Mac. Bing. And we cut the front of the uh, Atari for the CD slot. So it was, oh, is it for the floppy disk or the CD slot? The, well, no, the, the CD-ROM. So And it was a tray. So it actually pushes out. Oh, that's right. It pushes out. I remember that. I do remember you doing this. It, it's, that's, right. that's right. It's so hacky. I like that. I, I like that. I would do a, a thousand times better job now than I did then, because then I was less concerned about the actual build and more concerned about a cool video. I'd say you could get a 3D printer and print better parts. But that's kind of cheating. Yeah. I saw I saw a post on Facebook yesterday. So it's a guy holding a floppy disk in his hand, and the comment was, my son went, oh, look, you 3D printed... The save icon. <laughs> That's funny. I just felt so old. <laughs> yeah, well, that kind of, yeah. That I'm goes sure along that with it. That probably went over a number of people's heads, but mm-hmm. I love that. I love that Facebook thing yesterday. I, I like on that uh, archive website, it says digitizing sponsor, techserve.com. Does it say that? Yeah. Or, or, it's at the bottom of that page. Oh, I see. Yeah, Texer was that the name of your service? No, Texer was that uh, Apple specialist in New York City that closed oh. down like two years ago. Oh, oh, oh! I was looking at trying to. I was looking at geek things. Geek dot com. Geekology. None of these geeks. Geeks are sexy. Geek tyrant. iOS nine. How to geek? That's the that's the uh, neat orama. These are supposed to be old. Slash dot. Slash, oh, slash dot. God, I forgot. Because slash dot was the big tech site, the right. big nerdy You're tech right. site. You're right. And if I you and if they linked to you, it was called getting slash dotted. Right. The a, a side story to that. Okay. I had another big project going on. We were going to launch as part of my Mac a ebook uh, publication, and. It was, uh, what the heck was the name now? Oh, man. Can't think of what we called it now. Scroll Down Books. Scroll Down Books. Yep. 
That was that was the name of it. And we had two books. Chris Siebold had one, and I think Neil <laughs> Wharton had the other one. What no, were they going to be? They're going to be tech books. Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, I, I think Chris's was on iMovie. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay, how tos. Yeah. And we were selling them. And so a week after we posted MacMod, we launched uh, Scroll Down Books. Now, we know that if you get a lot of PR for something like that right off the bat, you'll make most of your money within the first couple days. And then as reviews start coming out, you'll get some more. But that that first few days is critical. Okay. So we launch it. And I send out a press release to all my other Mac publishing buddies, Adam Angst and, you know, uh, Macworld, they got it. Um, Stan Flack at Mac Central got it. They all linked to scroll down books. And within a half hour, we probably had a couple hundred downloads. Cool. And then we what got slashed. Uh, I think they were four ninety nine or something like that. Yeah, okay. And then we I got. Remember you, I remember you trying to talk everybody into. At MyMac into doing books. I remember that. That was the idea that we could take the free MyMac and turn it into a digital publication. Right. I like that idea. Oh, um, I never wrote books, sadly. Well, somebody else liked the idea because shortly thereafter, um, Adam Inks launched his big thing. Right. Uh, take Control series. Not that I inspired him or he got the idea from me, but I was there. I got there first. That could have been us. But oh, I think about all those ideas I had that started that I never followed through on. So, know, so within <laughs> two hours, we're getting some good downloads on the ebooks, and that's when Slashdot posted the iAtari thing. <laughs> oh no! So the stupid video project Chad and I had done over a summer destroyed the ebook business. Destroyed the ebook because the servers went down. Right? Well, no because nobody's it. going to link to the news story about this new ebooks coming out. Three days later, they already linked to yeah. it. Right. So we had a window. It's different now. I mean, it would have been a whole lot easier to recover nowadays. But then we had such a narrow window. We had pretty much the whole day to ourselves with Mac News. I launched it on a Friday when there's not a lot of Mac News. Right. And slashed out at us. They're, they're still here, by the way, slashed out. Yeah, but they're not like, they're, they're, pale shadow of what they used to be more it looks more like a news feed i'm just looking at them right now they always kind of look like that but you, uh, you know it's different but yeah it's not good the way it used to be at china cut off connectivity to the apple watch lte completely on september 28th that's different that's a weird that's a that's a, that's a new story i hadn't heard about Mm, yeah, but it's on Slashdot, so you got to take it with a grain of salt too is that right yeah because it's all user submitted stuff I haven't looked at Slashdot for a long time, but he quote he says Apple issued a brief statement confirming the situation and referring customers to China Unicom, who I guess they out of security concerns supposedly has turned off the LTE features. That wouldn't surprise me. You know what I get sick of is these people going Apple should have not removed all the VPN stuff from the iOS store in China. They're 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 caving into the regime and blah 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 and. Well, nonsense. It is nonsense because it's it's their country. And if the government of that country says you can't do that here, well, who the hell's Apple to go, yes, we can. We're going to do it anyways. 
I'm sorry. Well, then they, then, it's, then it's they the won't second... get sales there at all. Right? Exactly. They'll just it, block the sales completely. It's like it's not up to Apple to make a protest of that nature. It's up to the people to change things in their own country. Apple can't okay. enact those kind of changes. It's I agree. It's ridiculous. So talk to me about this. The Apple Watch with the phone in it—is this something you really, that we really need? You know, I, I'm of two minds. When I when the when the i or the Apple Watch first came out, with limited functionality because of the screen size and it yeah. always has to be tethered, <clears throat> I didn't really see the point. And then the the Series Twos came out, and I got one. Yeah, I know you did, right? And, and I, I love. Curious to hear. Yeah, now, I, do you like that you have it? I do like it. It's I think it's overpriced for what it does. Um, and the functionality is limited in that it's more of a reactionary thing that right uh, of limited capability. I have the LG watch, which has a lot of similar functions, just not done as well. Right, and I agree with you. It's you you react to it. You it it's not like I go to it to do something. And so. I'm of two minds of the new one. I can understand for some people why this would be great if they're into running, for instance. They don't have to bring their uh, their phone, but they still have a phone. So if they sprain their ankle or something, they still have the phone on the wrist. And it will also, because it has LTE built in, you can stream Apple Music while you're out jogging. Okay. So it's really one of the best portable music players in the world at that point. It's fantastic. Yeah, it reminds me of my my iPod Mini, which is or Nano, which is still my favorite one of my favorite Apple products ever. So it's a great product. Yeah. Okay. So ah, I don't know. I don't have a, a need for a phone on my watch because my phone is always with me. I have used my Apple Watch when people's called me in the past. I just I'm having this image. In my head, people, really, the listeners can tell me I'm full of crap. It's happy. I'd love to know this, but I, it's already a problem when you go to the movie theater and everybody's got their phones out, right? Now I'm at least they're talking quietly into the phone. Now I'm picturing these people yelling at their watch. I mean, I was in the exercise class. I, I go to a week, weekly, two times a week exercise weight training class, and this guy's phone watch rings. And he's going, hello, hello, and he's tapping on his Apple Watch. He's like. I obviously didn't work very well there, but I was like just picturing dozens of people, you know, in the theater doing that every day. You know, every time you go to the theater talking into the wire, I can't talk to you now because I'm right in the middle of, you know. Yep, I agree. I looked, I was at the, so I was at the Apple store yesterday. Can I do my, just before the break, I got to do my damn it, Apple, and thank you, Apple, in the same story. So um, my wife has my old, iPhone 5S, she loves it. She doesn't want a new phone. She just likes that phone. You know, the Apple store said, oh, you can buy the new SE. I said, yeah, but it does exactly the same thing, and my wife is happy with it. But years ago, when I was using it, the battery would just charge, like, within four hours. Took it to the Apple store in Palo Alto, and the guy said, oh, yeah, there's this weird bug in the iOS. He's actually admitting it, that when certain apps crash, they leave processes running in the background. The key one is Facebook. Yeah, Facebook app. You should you should not have the Facebook app on any phone. It's it, terrible. When it when it crashes, it leaves processes running, and you can't. He said just shutting it down and restarting it 
doesn't kill those processes because what Apple does when you shut down the phone is it takes everything that you were doing, just like it does on the Mac, and it stores it away, shuts down, reboots, and then re re restores all those processes to running again. So I said, well, what do I do? He says, well, you're going to have to shut it, you know, completely kill it, go back to factory reset, right? Delete everything and then restore it, you know, back it up, kill it, restore it. So I did that and the battery life, boom, it's huge. Okay. Last, it was lasting almost a day and a half. I was really blown away by just how much battery was being used by all these. And he could see the processes on, you know, he plugs that little thing into it to look at it. Now they don't even plug in. Now they just sit next to your phone. Um, but he saw all these processes, and I said, well, why can't you kill that? He says, well, you know, the iOS protects apps, so one app can't kill another. But all of them together can kill the the phone itself. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. But can't you do it with that thing? He says, no, we, this is just an app running that's telling me what's happening on the phone. And so my, my wife has been using that phone for how long? How old is the 5S? Three years? Four years? Um, Four years? Yeah. And she's complaining the battery's running down really fast. So I do that reset again, and she gets a little more battery life, still running down. So here's the Apple fail. So I go, I said, okay, well, I'll take it down and get a new battery. So I go online to the Apple store, and I want to make an appointment, and it says there isn't one for like two and a half days at the Apple store. But it says, you can go to Best Buy and get it fixed there, and we'll make an appointment for you. Okay, it's just a battery, right? And they have, I know they have their certified Apple tech. So I make an appointment at Best Buy and I go down to Best Buy and I wait, get up to the Geek Squad window and said, I have an Apple appointment. The guy says, uh, takes the phone, he looks at it and he says, he says, well, okay, we can't fix it. I said, what do you mean you can't fix it? He goes, well, Apple's in the middle of putting in a whole new service department in here for us that they're actually going to have Apple people at our store and they're rebuilding it now and it won't be open to mid November. Yeah. And I was like, why the hell is Apple setting up appointments? He goes, and it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. He goes, well, he goes, well you're like the 10th one today that's walked in with an appointment. We can't do appointments. It's like, great. So go back home. Go back on the Apple. You know, who do you can't call or write anybody at Apple and say, what What the fuck? Right. You know, excuse me. I just got it. Oh, oh I just got us the yellow triangle. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, bleep that. Um, so I, I find one in Berkeley. I find an appointment in Berkeley actually the next day. And I go to Berkeley and said, hi, I want to buy a new battery. So this very nice woman in the tech group comes out from the – I had an appointment – comes out from the Genius Bar. And she plugs into the phone and she runs some tests and says, I can't give you a new battery. Really? Well, that was what I said. Really? And she says – and she shows me the thing and she goes, well, it's still – the dot is still in the green. It's approaching consumed. There's three settings. Okay, you know, uh, acceptable – a yellow box that says, you know, consumed, and a red box that says faulty. And the dot hovering above the consumed area is still in the green. And she said, I said, well, I'm willing to pay for it. I'm not asking you to fix it for free. You know, just charge me what it costs to put a new battery in. And she said, can't do it. We're not allowed to do it if it's in the green. Wow. And I was like, wait a minute. I want to spend money in the store, and she can go do it, and I have an appointment just change the damn battery. It's like so she spent actually spent about a half an hour with me going through all these different settings saying, "Well, you don't really need this, you don't need this. We can turn this off. We can, you know, like I had the phone defaults to background app on." Yeah. I didn't know that. And for those of you who are not sure what that meant cuz I wasn't sure what it meant either at first, it means that when the app is not forward, 
So like, let's say you're looking at Google Chrome. Any app that you have launched that's sitting in the background can still run and get data and do things. So like I really did need my Bank of America app running in the background. So she switched all these things off and she went through and made a bunch of changes to settings and, and the battery's now lasting longer. It's working better. So I appreciate her time. But I was just kind of like, wait a minute. You know, the battery says it's 85% done. It's four years old or whatever it is. Just put a new battery in. Here's my 100 bucks. You yeah. know, nope, can't do it. Well, see, that's that's the part that I don't like that when you when you tell them, hey, I, I want to pay for this. I want a new battery. They say no. No. Well, that's, she told that's me that bad. to order the battery, to, to, to buy the battery, you have to put – they won't – you cannot go into Apple and say, hi, I want to buy an iPhone battery. They won't sell it to you. Right. Okay. But you can She's go not- to 500 you know, aftermarket places online and, and buy right. it. And so she said they have to put a serial number in and the data from the test that proves the battery is necessary before they will sell you a battery. Now, they don't actually physically hand you the battery. They go put it in themselves. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I just was a, it was a surprise. Like, yes, the, the, she can see that the battery is weak. Okay. In fact, she brought up these curves, and you could see, you know, it goes really slow, and it gets about to 40%, and it just falls like a rock. Right. Right. And, and she says, yeah, I can see where this is a problem, but I can't fix it. Well, you know, you can do it yourself. Ah! I'm, you know, I've opened all my Android phones. They're pretty easy. I just a little, I haven't tried the iPhone yet. Watch a video. In fact, um, our sponsor, MaxSales.com, they sell batteries. Well, that's, I was thinking that's where I, well, I bought, I have a couple, uh, and a, a couple iPhones. Okay. I think one was, uh, <clears throat> I think one was an iPhone 4. Okay. And one was a 4S. And one of them, I believe the four, the battery was starting to swell. Oh. And uh, so I went to OWC. I ordered both batteries. They were different. I think those were the ones. It doesn't matter. I ordered two batteries. They sent the battery. Uh, There was a piece of paper in there saying, go to this URL and you can watch a video on how to do it. And they sent the toolkit with a little tiny screwdriver to do it. It's less than 20 bucks. And so I did it and changed the batteries and they worked perfect. In okay. fact, it wasn't, it wasn't hard. No, it wasn't hard. In fact, the batteries that they sent actually lasted longer than the stock Apple ones did when it was brand new. Well, I just look at the newer tech, new power, 1560 milliamp replacement battery for iPhone 5S or 5C, 1775. Holy, I had no idea that, you know, I, okay, I didn't look at max sales. I'm sorry, OWC. I should have just gone there immediately. I wasn't thinking that I could do the battery in the iPhone myself, but maybe I'm just going to do this because I've changed. Set aside, know. set aside a half hour. It's okay. very tiny parts, but they send you the screwdrivers that you need. Okay. They're special screws and you just watch the video, pause it, do what they just did. Watch the video, pause it, do that step. It's simple. You can you'll have them you'll have it done in, within a half hour. You'll charge it up, and it will last a lot longer than the stock okay. battery did. You know, it's funny. I I've sent so many people to OWC. Like when they say, you in days, and they say, I want to change my hard drive. I want to I want to put a new battery in my Mac. I want to, and then I said, you can do that yourself. And they said, oh no no, I'm afraid to do that. And I said, well, just go go to MacTales.com, look it up. There's videos, and all these people are going, oh my god, that's so easy. I had no idea. 
And then and you don't do it I yourself. Am, here I am not doing the phone because the phone just made me nervous about how it, it – if it's anything like an Android phone, like my Sony phone, the first instruction was get a hairdryer. No, it's so not here. I, I, I swear to God. Yeah. And you – on those phones, you have to heat the back. So right. Almost, you got you to loosen the glue. Loosen the glue. And then they, they send you with the, the battery two guitar picks. Yeah, yep. Twist the back off. And I was like, do I really want to do that to an iPhone? I'd be so worried about ruining it. But, you know, given its age, if I ruin it, you know, I, just an excuse to get her a new phone anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, that was my mindset when I did these. I was like, well, it, 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 they, they're worthless at this point. Why not just do it? Yeah, good idea. Well, on that note, should we talk about OWC? I think we just did. <laughs> So we want to thank uh, OWCMaxSales.com for sponsoring this episode. They got an ad there that was totally unplanned. I had some another product I was going to talk about, but, hey, we just gave them a good shout-out. Real-world scenario, and uh, it doesn't get better than that, right? I agree. I mean, that, seriously, I, that was not planned. I just uh, it, it sort of segued to there. They, yeah. they do come up, and uh, they're, they're, a, they're a save button on the top of my uh, browser because I – I'm always afraid to press it, though, because I spent money. <laughs> it's easy to do. You go, oh, look, I want that. <laughs> so like we, that, that damn port thing you pointed out last week. Damn you. Which one? <laughs> the, oh, the, thing the you, USB-C uh, yeah, portable that, dock. Yeah, the travel dock. That yep. thing is just, it's 49 bucks right now. It's like I'm just like hovering over the button. and I don't really need it, but it's just a cool little gadget. So we do want to uh, give a shout-out to the other podcasts in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Of course, we have Let's Talk Photography. And Bart always has a lot of guests on both his Let's Talk Photography and Let's Talk Apple. Uh, this last one is episode 49, so he's almost up to 50 now with this show. And he's got uh, Sidney Blake and Max Saluski, um joining him. And, hey, that's pretty cool. I've... Haven't listened to that in a while because I'm not into photography, but if you are, great show to listen to. My, I am, but I didn't know about it. I don't know. I have not, I don't think I've met Bart. I haven't met him in person either. He I, hasn't come to love, a Mac stock. Bart, are you listening? I'd love to, I, I, I do photography. I used to have a dark room. I would love to be on your show and talk about photography. Uh, my Mac Podcast 677 was released last week. Um, 677. 677 episodes of the MyMac Podcast. And Guy is still there, huh? <laughs> uh, the description says six to eight-year-old Apple Cinema Display looks way better than a two-year-old gateway monitor. Duh. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, yep. the key word was gateway, okay? Yes. <clears throat> Hi, I have a Magnavox monitor, and I... <laughs> no. <laughs> and it sounds almost like the essential Apple podcast number 60 uh, called My Mac and Yickety Yak. And it says, uh, this week we try to put the misery of forest fires, earthquakes, devastation by hurricanes, and all the rest of it aside as we are joined by Steve Hammond, longtime writer and reviewer of MyMac.com. And, yeah, I, we talked about that last week, too, the hurricanes and forest fires. and Tell me about it. It's yep. just, you know... So they, they think they get, it's rain, it rained last night, hallelujah, uh, which really helped the firefighters. They I heard they were dismissing crews today uh, and last night, so they've got most things contained. But 
I heard the, the newscaster on the radio said FEMA reported the Napa fires, the Napa area fires, as the fourth worst disaster in history. Crazy. That I mean, that's scary. And then they said, and the number one fire disaster ever. Even over the San Francisco fire. Yes, over San Francisco, over Oakland, all that. They said, well, this is FEMA. So I don't know if FEMA was even around in San Francisco. They're talking wow. about FEMA. You know, how long ever FEMA's been around? I'd have to look that up. Uh, but, I mean, it's you see pictures of it, and it's heartbreaking. You know, it's the fire was so strong at times that the, the flames themselves created 85-mile-an-hour winds, just hmm. sucking the air in. Flipping cars over. They showed pictures of cars upside down. I was like, why is that car upside down? Right? I didn't get it. Well, sure enough, it's because the the flames move so hot and so fast, they pull in wind. Yes. It affects ah. weather. It affects weather. Yeah. So, um, well, I want to talk one real quick about a toy I bought. Okay. Okay, so I have an iPad Mini 4. I just bought it because... I've been waiting for two years for the iPad Mini Five, and it looks like that that iPad Mini is is done for. That doesn't look like they're going to do a new one. No, it, they missed like three or four announcement places where they normally do it. Uh, I'm guessing they figure the big phones, you know, cannibalize sales. Absolutely, cannibalize sales of it. I, but everybody I know who has a Mini loves it. So, but so I, when I travel, well, I it's not it's not just that though. It's also the Kindle Fires. Oh, okay. Well, that's and Kindle, I guess, in general. You know, if you just want to take it to read books, I would highly recommend a Kindle over an iPad. I hate to say that. And most but, of the popular I, apps are also on the Google Play Store or the Amazon Store. So that's also a Google device when you get right down to it. It's Android. Yeah. And you can pick one up for 50 bucks. I mean. Yeah. it's the, the, And so all they've got left in the iPad Mini series is the iPad Mini 4, 128 gigabyte unit, 399 It's not cheap. Uh, I went on eBay and uh, used Auction Sniper and put in, you know, 50 of them saying this is, an, I'm, I'll spend a 300 bucks. And after a short while, I'm figuring I got a stolen one because it was new in the box for like 329 I Could have been. I, could have been. It, I, it, Apple had no problem registering it. So um, anyway, <clears throat> I, I hate typing on the iPad keyboard. If you want to do like if I want to do email and stuff because I don't want to carry my Mac with me when I travel right. if I can. So this company called Bridge B R Y D G E and I probably should write a, a review of it. And I will I'll put I'll, to put a quick review on my Mac. Makes a keyboard that when you put the iPad into it and fold it close, it looks like a nine a little mini seven inch Macintosh. Yep, I've seen those. They it, look cool. It, it folds open. It's, the colors match identically. They have three colors, silver, space gray, and rose gold, I think. Um, and it's the keyboard looks like a Mac keyboard with the exception of some of the keys are a little smaller. And it's backlit. There's a button to backlight it. That's pretty cool. And it is... I, I um, Definitely do a review on that. I think people would love to see that. I love this thing. It's The Bridge Mini is... It weighs it weighs point six six pounds and it's point two nine inches thick. It's tiny, you know, for a keyboard. It does not protect the back, but it has the coolest hinge in the world. The way it holds the Mac, I mean, it holds the iPad. It, and it, it looks, does look like a little Air a MacBook Air. Yeah, it, except tinier. I mean, I was I carried it to the coffee shop the other day, and someone said, "Apple makes a little tiny computer like that." <laughs> they got a they got one for the Surface so Pro well. now too. Huh? They got one for the Surface Pro. 
Yeah. They, they got they, one for the iPad pretty, Pro 12, the iPad yep. Pro 15, the yep. iPad Air, Air 2. I first saw them on, on Kickstarter, and I was just blown away by it, and I ordered one, and it arrived. And it's really cool. I mean, it's like I've, I've had other keyboards. I mean, I think up to this point, um, I'm trying to think of the name of the keyboard that I really liked. Um, you probably you probably use the same one. Uh, who makes the, the – there was the really good keyboard, and my brain just went <clears> – <throat> Um, there's a couple of them one, actually. Griffin makes a pretty good one. Griffin makes one, and there's one other company. Um, I want to say it begins with a T, but uh, but it, anyway, this one is very impressive. The one for the Pro looks like the base of a MacBook. Yeah, so I'm actually looking at the one right now for the twelve or the uh, <clears throat> which one is it? well, this is for the 10.5 inch iPad Pro. Yeah. I've it got. Look, the I mean, when you look at it, you can't tell the difference. Let's see. Doesn't it? I mean, except for the way the hinge goes, it really looks like it. The one for the mini, the keys are tiny, and, and I laughed. I talked to the guys. The, there's a big delete key, and then the what? They ran out of space, so the one key is a half width key. Hmm. And I said, "Well, if you made the delete key a little smaller, you could have a full size one." He goes, "Well, we did a, you know an analysis of how keyboards are used, and the one key is pressed seldom, but the delete key is used all the time." Makes sense. And I said, okay, well, that, that's fair. The hinge looks pretty cool on how it holds. The hinge is very cool. Yeah, I like this. This is a cool product. Yeah. Do a I, review. I, I, I want to read your your long form impressions on this. Yeah, I have to. I have, I'm I'm two reviews in the hole right now. I have a. I'm just finishing up this a, AS Rock router uh, that has the the Zigbee uh, functions built in. It's this drives me crazy. So when I got it, it was called the AS Rock. I think X10. Hmm. And it's a home. It's a it's a regular router, which it actually the router is. You talked about this last week. Yeah, it's an AC. I've had more time to play with it. AC, AC or thirteen hundred AC or AC thirteen hundred. I can't remember how that word goes. Um, Class router. It means it does one point. Well, anyway, Um, as a router, it's very good, and it has the settings. Give it. You can set everything in the world on it. You know, it has a VPN server in it. it, You know, it does everything. It does DY and DNS kind of stuff. It does everything, but it also has a Zigbee. Uh, functionality in it. So I've just finally got to that. You download their app and you plug a Zigbee device in like a, and the Zigbee is um, is is a, it's a new home automation protocol. It's actually built into Hue, you know, the Philips Hue lamps. It's built into peanut plugs. You can get, there's, there's dozens and dozens of little things you can plug in. And on their app, you say, go find the new thing. It goes, well, look, you have a Hue bulb at it and now you can control it from your phone and you can put you know, schedules in to turn lights on and off. So they built this home automation in there. The name of the router is X10, the most popular home automation format for decades was X10. Okay, this the BSR I think started it. it. They're those little modules you plug into the wall and then you plug a controller into a plug somewhere else and you can control your lights and timers. It's called X10. The X10 router does not support the X10 protocol. Really? <laughs> it was like. In fact, I read it, someone else's review on it, and he was talking about how it controls X10. I have been through the whole book. I have been through the router. Every page you can go, I cannot see how to control an X10. Because my whole house is controlled by X10. My house looks like I'm lived. I'm there even when I'm not because lights go on and off, and it randomizes things. And um, But the X10 router doesn't do X10. That really surprised me. And then the other thing I have is this home theater for your head. It looks like a virtual reality headset. 
Hmm. And uh, I have to send it back to them. So I have to, I, I may have to hold on their router because they want it back pretty quickly. Um, but it's, it, it's when you, st- I stuck it on my head for the first time the other day and it was almost like being in a deprivation tank. <laughs> it really, it's got these things that cover your eyes completely, block out all the light from the side. The headphones are padded and they cover your ears really well. I haven't even powered it on yet. <clears throat> and with it on my head, it was like, whoa. It's like I heard, heard and saw nothing. So I'm eager to see how the, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to play 3D movies and stuff. And be give cool you a, to check out. Yeah, so I'll have that review on it, and I will do this keyboard because I now that I've got it, I'm just and usually I don't review things I've bought, but this one is like this is really cool. This is one of the coolest keyboards I've seen ever. So, so our wiki trolling entry this week was one that I was going to do last week until yep. Owen find found better ones. <laughs> uh, this one is Skype. I thought it was appropriate. We use Skype on uh, well, when you and I talk, it's it's via Skype. David and I have been using a different service that's been giving us nothing but fits lately. But Which he one? seems um, it's that wire that you set up an account for. Oh, 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 okay. Because we were going to use wire for the three of us to chat. Okay. Because that was the biggest <clears throat> reason. I can for set. M- I can set it up if you want to send me the link. I'll. You already have. I'll have. You're on there. I am. Yeah, you already set up an account. I've got two people that I'm connected to. It's you and him. Why does it not show up in here? The wire, not the wire. Wire, secure communication. Yeah. Okay, It's I blame the pain meds that, for my arm. There I you go. I remember don't doing that. Okay, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. So Skype is the service that we've been using for many years. Uh, Owen and I are using it right now. We so are. Skype is a telecommunications application software product that specializes in providing blah, 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 blah. Everybody knows what Skype is. Yep. First released in August 2003. Skype, I know, it's been around for a long time. Skype was, oh, was created by the Swede Zikolas Zenström <laughs> and the Dane Janus Fries in co- cooperation with, I'm not even going to try, Estonians, <laughs> who developed the back end that was also used in the music sharing application Kazaa. That I did know. In, that was a, that was a little known thing that it was part of Kazaa's back end, right? Yeah. In September two thousand and five, eBay acquired <laughs> Skype for two point six billion. That's not a bad payoff for a, a two year old product. Yep. In September two thousand and nine, Silver Lake Hend- Anderson Horowitz and the Canadian Pension Plan Investment Board, weird, announced the acquisition of sixty five percent of Skype for one point nine billion from eBay which attributed to the enterprise a market value of $2.92 billion. So Microsoft in, in two, lost, that, yeah. But hang on a second. In 2005, it had gone up to $2.6 billion in two years. Yep. But in four more years, it had only gone up a couple hundred million. $2.9 million, yeah. So it From went 2. up. 2.6, so $300 million. Yep. Um, or did it? Microsoft bought Skype in May 2011 for... Eight point five billion B capital B billion. So Ouch. It, it went up a little bit in another two years. Yep. Or did it? I think Microsoft probably way overpaid. They way overpaid. They. I don't. And I'm not sure why they wanted it, but anyway. Skype division headquarters are in Luxembourg, but most of the development team and forty percent of all the division employees are still in Estonia. That's so cool. <laughs> that, that's, I just think that's so cool. It really is. Uh, they've changed the back end. It's Azure now, so whatever. Uh, Skype was founded in 2003. The software was created by blah, blah, blah. The first p- 
public beta version was released on August 29th, 2003, which was about a year before we even started the MyMac podcast. That I came used out in 2004. It. I used it back then. I was on the beta. It's uh, Couldn't talk to anybody. <laughs> no, well, nobody was on it. Nobody was on it, but I had the beta. It's, it's one of those software applications that's kind of ubiquitous at this point in time. But I don't know anybody who loves Skype. There was well, a time that people did, but that time has long since passed. You didn't read the one small paragraph that really bugged me. Skype originally featured a hybrid peer-to-peer and client-server system. Skype has been powered entirely by Microsoft-operated super nodes since May 2012. Right, that's when it started all going downhill. The 2013 <clears throat> mass surveillance disclosure revealed that Microsoft had granted intelligence agencies unfettered access to super nodes and Skype communication content. Yep, big surprise there. That That's the part that really made me go, wait a minute. Yep. Actually, I find Skype is pretty good again. It's better than it has been in a while, and I don't know why. Because, because I hate to say it, Microsoft has become a reasonable company again. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I they, in fact, I was just looking at what was the slash dot where they said something about Microsoft's uh, value. Uh, Microsoft, where did I see this? This is Microsoft's market value hits a dot com error milestone of six hundred billion. That's pretty good. I mean, that with the Surface Pro, the different versions of that, Microsoft has actually become relevant again. It's an amazing machine. I, I, I'm I, sorry, I, I hate to do that on a on a Macintosh. This this is this isn't a Macintosh show. I know, but I just we're my or my Mac, you know, and I and you know me, I've always been one to say, well, if there's something out there that I should look at that's not Macintosh, I'll look at it. I, I'm the same way. You know, I'm so close to buying a Surface Pro for my next machine. I just am blown away by that machine. It's a nice, Hardware. nice machine. David and I looked at them. I think it was David. Yeah, you and David looked at them. They're, they're just they're 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 well done. It, should, it it to me, it's what the next Mac should have been. Yeah, I the agree. MacBook should have been a Surface Pro. Right. Um, not maybe not necessarily the Pro, but the MacBook, the lighter one. Yep. Should have been detachable screen, touch screen. I mean. Apple, touchscreen. Your guys invented it with the iPhone, really, you know, for co- consumer use. I know you didn't invent it, but... Well, they popularized it. it. They popularized it, consumer use. Why is the MacBook series still not touchscreen? Once you use a touchscreen computer, a, a non-touchscreen mouse computer will piss you off. <laughs> well, let's just say that's what the iPad Pro is. Yeah. I mean, the iPad yeah. Pro is faster than the fastest Apple laptop right now. There you go. So why isn't that? And so put it in one of those keyboards, and you've got a computer. It's not the same, you know. I'm, I must admit, I love my I love my iPads. Okay, I mean, even though I'm using an Android phone, I the the iPad, the tablets in Android don't impress me as much as an iPad. No, for usability, they really don't. They're just not the same quality. I know even the Amazon ones are good, but they just don't. Anyway, so Microsoft. before we wrap this show up. We started discussing something right before we hit record. And I said, do you want to talk about it on the show? He said, sure. Your wife, you're trying to convince your wife to do a podcast. So you had some questions. Yeah. So <clears throat> you've been doing them. So when, some friends of hers who are in the same industry said, oh, Diane, you should do a podcast. And I went, wait a minute. I know who can help with that. And your name popped up because you've been doing so many of them and you've set so many people up doing them. So my question was, okay. We've got a nice uh, blue snowball. 
we you know we have a room to do it she, i can get her headphones we have garage band what else does she need a lot but not and she wants, and she wants to take calls right she may well take that's that's going to be the tricky part um skype calls that would be the easiest way of doing it but does she want to broadcast live or does she simply want no. to it's, it's pre-arranged like what we're doing right now then like, like you do people can call you know leave a message on skype and and she'll say, you know, hey, Diane, how do you do this? And she goes, I'm glad. And she wants to edit that all in, which I know GarageBand can layer them in. Uh, but I don't know what else I need in order to do that. You don't really need a whole bunch more, to be okay. honest. If if she actually wanted to talk to someone and record it, there's services out there that you could use. Um, okay. But if it's just, hey, call this number, leave a message, and she plays those calls and then answers them on the show, which it sounds like that's kind of what you want to do. Well, she may want to have guests like like I'm doing with you, right? So she may want to do some mixing. I know you have a mixer board of some kind. No, I don't. Um, you don't? No, I use something called a, a pre-USB. It's uh, I'm sorry, it's a mobile pre-USB from uh, M-Audio. It's really old. It's USB. So I'll explain how I record, which has nothing to do with how you actually push the show up and everyone can get it. Um okay. What I do, and it's totally different than what almost anybody else does out there in podcasting, and I do mine this way because it's it's kind of rock solid. You don't have the software problems that I hear so many other people do. Okay. Um, so this has two inputs. Both inputs support both uh, either, I should say, XL, 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 what is it? XL, I cannot XLR. Think, XLR, thank you. Yeah. Mic inputs. And this powers an XLR mic. Okay. So that's how the mic I'm talking into right now is working. Yeah, your Mac always sounds really good. So. Well, and, and this microphone's like 10 years old at this point, too. So. Meanwhile, I have this microphone that doesn't sound very good. No, not very good. <laughs> Sorry. So I have GarageBand running, and I have two tracks. One track is line one, which is this tapping now that microphone is going into line one on my mobile pre usb now that mobile pre usb is just plugged into a usb port on my mac so how is the mic plugged into that through the little microphone port nope it's plugged into the mobile pre usb no but what i the picture i'm looking at of it i see three knobs and a little blue and white box and it's got a couple holes in the front one for headphones yeah i don't do use anything on the front Okay, so your mic is a USB mic? No, my mic is a XLR mic. XLR mic, okay. And it's plugged into the back onto line one. Now, how do I get your voice into Skype on a second channel? I don't know. That's why I asked you. <laughs> so what I do, now there's software that you can say, okay, on this one, I want the input coming in from this application to fill this, and you can do it in software. Okay. But then you got a lot of different processes running on your Mac. Right. And if any one of those things break with a software update, well, then you're kind of screwed. Okay. So I wanted to go analog. And this is okay. what I mean. I have a Y splitter coming out of my Mac's headphone port. Oh. On one side is my headphone, so I can hear you. Right. The other side goes to channel two on the mobile pre-USB. Now, I have to convert that cable from a headphone jack up to the full size jack. So it, it goes into another XLR input? 
Well, each input has either an XLR or an audio jack input. Okay, yeah, I can't see the back. They don't show a picture of the back. That's weird. Damn it. If you'd actually well, do a search... At, I'm looking at Amazon. You can buy them used for, uh, used for about 45 bucks. Oh, worth it. If you do a Google search, uh, a, an image search on Google, you'll see the back. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay. So, remember, I'm going on channel one, which is recording on one track in GarageBand. Okay. I create another track in GarageBand, which is channel two of the micro or the mobile USB, mobile pre USB. So where is it getting that sound? I'm going from the headphone jack. So any noise my Mac is making is going into that input. And of course that input then is routing back to the Mac because so how do you, how do you, so this thing looks like it mixes them together. No, it doesn't. It's two channels. It so there are two channel out as well on the back. Correct. Okay. But it's not two channels. It's just USB out. It's but, USB out. But GarageBand sees both those channels as separate channels. Okay, that's what I was asking. All right, got it. Yep. So on my on your track, for instance, if if I look at it, um, I don't know if I can see it in this view. Let me go to browse. Yeah. Uh, so on in GarageBand, I select mono two, which is the you, uh, the mobile pre, so that's channel two, and on mine it's uh, mono one mobile pre USB. So it sees okay. coming through the USB port two different channels for that device. Okay. So I can I adjust your audio independently of my own. Sweet. Sweet. And when I record, it's automatically synced because it's recording both at the same time in GarageBand. Right. Which you, know, you don't have to lay them down and move them around. Correct. I like that. Yep. Okay. So it's it's analog uh -huh. basically. Okay. It's not, but it is. And so, so if you wanted to play back a pre-recorded Skype, you just play it back. It comes out that other channel anyway. Right. Anything that's any noise your Mac is making, GarageBand is recording. That's cool. Okay. Which is why I can't leave, like, uh, if I leave mail running, I have to yeah. make sure that the audio notification that you just got mail is turned <laughs> off. Got or it. if I call you on Skype and I'm recording, you can hear the call sounds as it's going through. Yeah, and Skype is nice enough not to put your own audio back, your own output, audio output, which I like. So they right. at least we're smart on that. Yes. Um, does it work? So which version I, I think it works do great. you have? You have an MK1? Oh no, this is an old one, man. This is okay. It doesn't even say in the front. Is it blue and white? No, it's blue and silver. Blue and silver. Okay, I can't tell what that. I don't that think they've silver. changed any. Now I do have gain control for each one on there, but I never touch them. Okay. I got them up at about 75%, and then I just control the volume on in GarageBand itself. Okay. I remember years ago you sent me a, a document on how to start and <clears throat> set it up, but I can't find it. But I wanted to ask, do I need anything That's else? how I do it. Now, you'll never get that advice on how I set mine up from anybody else. Nobody else does it like me. But it sounds good. Well, here's the thing. I don't care how they do it. This has been working for me for over a decade. <laughs> And I then I listened to like Guy Searle on the MyMac podcast, and he's constantly tinkering with different software to do the same damn thing that I've been doing manually with the same cables and plugs and the same box for a decade. And you didn't need any other software. This just this just GarageBand just handles this. At GarageBand and Skype. That's the only software Skype, I really yeah. need. Very impressive. All right. Now I could conceivably. 
um, go into that device from my headphone jack on a phone. So I could call someone and record the conversation that way. Because it would record me on one channel and record the audio that I hear on my phone going out into the mobile pre USB and then into the Mac. So I could, hmm. I could record it that way. The problem there, of course, is I would have to use the Y splitter again so I can hear the person talking on the phone. Otherwise I'm not going to hear anything, but the Y splitter is the key. You got to have a Y splitter. And I've had to replace that about three times. They go bad eventually. Right. And they'll well, start getting correctly. Well, I guess you still need it. Even if you use a speaker, you still need it, right? Well, because, uh, yes, because you don't, you're not going to play it over the speaker. Well, you get feedback, right? I know, you get feedback. I, I know I should be using a headphone right now, but I was amazed when I was playing that video. My mic was sitting right next to the second. Wasn't picking the, it up. The left channel, and it filtered it out. Which it did didn't for the first two seconds or so. I heard and it. And then it knows, oh, that's playback sound. And the, I didn't do anything that. I literally put the mic in front of the speaker. Right. Okay? And you couldn't hear it. That which I'm So kudos to Skype for better filtering now. And so you don't, it used to be when you had, I know you said your mic near your speakers, you'd get this constant feedback. Right. But I'm impressed that it doesn't do that now. It stopped doing that a few years ago. Okay, but see, I, I can still play sound here that it would record because it's not going to play it over Skype and then recording it back into the system. I'm simply recording every single thing that's coming out, all the audio that's coming out the headphone jack on my Mac. Okay, and I'm also hearing it because that's where the Y splitter. The Y splitter is going into the headphone jack. One's going to the Mobi Pre USB. One's going to my headphones. It's pretty simple once you wrap your head around that concept. The setup, it's really simple. And it's okay, and it's well, so almost I bulletproof. It. I can buy this thing for fifty dollars and ninety eight cents. Oh, tax. it's worth it. Yeah, if this yeah. one ever goes bad, I'm buying another one in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's forty five dollars on used. Uh, now here's the thing, though. Are you, you? I don't know if it has USB inputs. USB inputs. Right. For each oh. channel, you got to have. Because you said you're using a snowball mic, that's USB, correct? Oh, it's USB, right? Oh, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to get a different mic. Yeah, I use an XLR. It doesn't, it doesn't appear to have USB. Yeah, I don't think it does. It has a, it has a USB port. But, but you can get, you like can get a much better microphone for not much money. That's right. XLR. Yeah, I, that's what I would do. Is I'd get her an XLR. And mic. so my XLR cable goes to the, from the bottom of my mic, which is actually up in the air. Yeah, you hang yours with a little little a little arm um, speaker uh, screen, right? No, I don't. Mine mine's uh, no. on a articulated arm, so I can right. move my microphone where I want it. Right. But my microphone is actually upside down in that. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen pictures of that. Yeah. So that's what I do. That's how I record my shows. Um, okay. When I export the show, I run it. I export it with no compression, so it's a big giant AIF file. I then run that AIF file through a program called Levelator, which boosts low sounds and brings down the high sounds to level the sound. Ah, okay. And then I bring that export into uh, iTunes, com convert it to an MP3, put all my show notes and graphics in. You do that in iTunes? I do in iTunes, yeah. And then I upload that via FTP to my server, and I also... Now, a lot most people roll their don't roll their own, but I roll my own uh, RSS feed. I literally change the the coding in the RSS feed and upload that via FTP as well. Are you going to put some of this in the show notes? No, 
No. <laughs> so what do so, I... So I should have been taking notes here, but no, right. okay. This, it's not as difficult. I mean, it sounds pretty easy, actually. It, it's not difficult at all. What What I've been doing for many years, when you say <clears> I've been helping people, I don't help them record their show because they have to no, do that. No, I know that. that. What I, I do that. is I take... I take all the hard stuff out of the equation once you actually have your MP3 show ready to go. Okay. Uh, what I do is I share a Dropbox folder with that person. They then write up their notes. Eventually, they'll do their own RSS entry, not the whole feed, just the entry for that show. Well, she would probably do it for, you know, have it come off her website's RSS anyway. So It doesn't work as good. It doesn't? It, no. Right. And if you roll your own, because the... It, again, this would be if I was hosting it for her, the, okay, just the I show see. itself. It's easier if I do the RSS feed because then it's bulletproof and I can. I've been doing okay. it so long, I just get well, in there and fix it I immediately. Will, I will. will keep that in mind because I think it'd be a good place to put it anyway. So right. So she would then put the final file in this Dropbox folder and send me an email. Okay. Hey, new show's ready. I would go into that folder. She should have a two, three things in there. She should have the MP3 file. Uh, the RSS updated information, and then a show notes if she wanted me to actually post the show at so, mymac.com. So I get the notes and the thing, but what is what is in the RSS information? What? Uh, that's too complex to talk about. Okay. I All would right. have to show it to you, and you'd go, oh, yeah, I get that. I understand why. Okay. That. All right. Um, yeah, and that's you, how I do it. Okay. Very cool. I, I I have to still talk her into it. I'm not going to buy this right yet. I have, I have the purchase thing on my Amazon ready to go. But I haven't convinced her that she really wants to do this yet. But I think it'd be a great thing. She she's, she teaches around the world, right? I think people would love a 15-minute podcast from her. Oh, I think so, too. And it'd actually be a boon to her business. She'd probably get more business because of it. I agree. Uh, all right. Well, I appreciate it. We've run long. We'll wrap this show up. We do encourage you guys to send us some feedback. It's the show at mymac.com. Or, I'm sorry, the show at techfanpodcast.com. Been thinking about my Mac all day, I guess. I'll show along. <laughs> um, look, w feedback from you guys is makes us doing this show a lot easier. We didn't get any from the last episode, so yeah, you guys so send us some feedback. We really do appreciate it. No, not that kind of feedback. No, sorry. not that kind of feedback. <laughs> um, Dave, I think David's coming back next week. Um, round of applause for Owen stepping in. Oh, I'd love to do it. You know, uh, anytime. Uh, so. I want to get all three of us on again here real soon, though. But we just, have to, we just have to figure out a way because of the delays not to step on each other. Wow. Well, the, the delays are killer because I guess he's he's like a second delay, so I'll start and he'll start, but he doesn't hear me and I haven't heard him yet. So it's well, I just play moderator. He, you know, yeah. I'll I cue to the next person. Don't you think, Owen? I did that last time. I just kept really quiet, and someone emailed me and said, "How come you didn't say much?" <laughs> yeah. Well, it's easier if I actually kind of moderate the, the, the our discussion. So I will say, and I think that this is crazy. What do you think, David? And then that's your cue to be quiet because he's talking. Right. And then I do the same. Well, what do you think about that, Owen? And then that's his cue to be quiet yeah. because now you're going to talk. I'm willing to try it again if David's up for it. I, you yeah. Know, uh, and we, we, but the awesome. thing is, we can't get it working in Skype. The three-way no, call. I, I just looked, and, and I do have MWire installed. I don't even remember putting that on my computer. We tried it once, and it didn't work for you. And then we just jumped over to Skype. Right. I think so. so I know when you're coming on the show, I had to remember this week and last week, oh, I got I to gotta go to Skype, not Wire. 
But I'll be honest, David and I have not been impressed with Wire lately. They just came up with an update to their clients, so maybe it'll be better now. I don't know. But we've been vocally unhappy with them and getting feedback. Oh, my God. I just launched it, and it's caused caused Wire to open. I can't stop this. Go away. What did it open? Stop. Okay, I may crash here in a minute. Uh, I just launched Wire, and it uh, it's opening. It's opened forty three now. It's finally stopped. Um, browser windows that say this browser is not supported. Wow! <laughs> and it just kept opening, 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 opening. I had to I had to quit Chrome and right click on the little icon to quit Wire, which took every time it would open a browser window, it would just make the the right click disappear. So I had to like time it to get it to stop. Wow, that's crazy. I've never seen that before. Are you on a Mac or a Windows? Windows. Hmm. That's weird. History, 31 tabs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it opened 31 tabs. Not good. And then, and then a sec- when I closed that thing, a second window of uh, of another 14 tabs. You might want to run either uh, uBlock or uBlock Origin. I'm running both, and I've never got a pop-up I run window. UBlock. It's actually on for that site, but uBlock is on. And but it's wire it. it said this browser is not supported. Download the latest version of Google Chrome. Wire for Mac OS and Microsoft Windows are available from getwire.com. Maybe it's just an old version of wire. Yeah, that's probably what it was. It just updated too, so and now my fans are running full blast. Yep. I wonder what's going on. Flash. It's flash. Uh, is yeah. it that's probably what that it is. is. It's exactly flash what it is. on mine doesn't run by default unless I approve it. Hmm. On my on my Windows machine, flash. You might have you might have approved it. The first time you launched Wire, but yeah, my my fans my fans are going nuts. That's why I was afraid yep. I might lose you. No, it's I can hear them now. It's definitely uh, Flash running. You in the can background. hear the fans. Oh, I can. Yeah. Yep. All right, yeah, we're gonna it's, we'll, it's a MacBook Pro, and it's like ah, yeah, we don't know what to do. This is too much processing <laughs> for no actual reason. So we're gonna wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Owen, oh, thanks for coming on the last two weeks. Uh, My pleasure. Always fun to talk to you, man. Really do enjoy it. It is. I enjoy doing this. I hope, I hope people like listening to us babble. Now, uh, I tell you what, what I enjoyed is, that- is somebody uh, posting about the new Atari, not the real Atari, but the new Atari uh, council coming out, and uh, some lady is involved in it that was at the original Atari, and they keep using the same picture, and it has you in it. It does. Yeah. Oh, Carol Shaw? Carol Shaw's involved in it now. And they keep running this old photo that you're sitting at the desk playing a video game or pretending to play a video game, and everybody's standing around you, including Alcorn and Carol Shaw, and you've got your porn stash going on. (laughs) Wait a minute. Am I... Is um I yeah I'm wondering that that picture of Carol's actually in it. There was a picture taken of, that came out of the Smithsonian magazine when they did it that I was play I was they walked in when we were doing a a test of a game. You know we always had to do these these game reviews, right. and the guy who created that game uh, I just learned he passed away recently, which was too bad. It made no sense at all. It was it was just a bunch of things moving around on the screen and. And it, I didn't couldn't figure out what the game was, and <clears throat> and I think I had just said, "Oh my God, it's the attack of the killer IUDs," because that's what this little things look like. And everybody busted laughing, and then we noticed the photographer was in there taking pictures. Yep, and that's the photo that was making us run on Facebook because of the the Satari thing, and it's yep. you're in that photo. I almost tagged you, but I was working. 
Actually, I, I have to go, break. I have to go. I have to go find it then. So it was funny. Tag right. me in it. If you see yeah, it. If, if I you see it again, it. I'll tag you. Tag me in, and then I'll have a look at it. All right, Tim. Good talking to you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.